Got that. Good evening, everybody. Matt Geary here for the Geek Pridecast on this Sunday evening. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is the uh, final podcast for us for 2021, as uh, it will be Boxing Day next Sunday, and therefore probably be slightly inebriated. And the next Sunday after that is going to be New Year, so this is going to be our last podcast. So with me tonight, uh, no guest, it's just uh, the usual faces. So we have uh, Peter Ellison. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. And Mark Canty. Hail. Right, gentlemen, what's the plans? What do you got planned for Christmas? What's the score? <laughs> Keeping the kitties from killing each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, seriously, no, no, just basically spend as much time as you can with the family. Um, obviously, it's like, you know, Christmas is all about kids, so keeping them entertained and occupied and having fun and trying to keep as normal as possible given all the COVID restrictions that will potentially be in place. So, mm. fingers yeah. crossed, everyone. What's the, uh, what's the Christmas jumper you've got on there, Pete? This is the Nakatomi Corporation Christmas Party 1988. <laughs> I'm wearing my uh, I'm wearing my uh, Winter is Coming Stark one on a Christmas Very good. Um I don't own a Christmas jumper, so I'm just the awkward bugger in the uh, corner. You're just... You're, oh, you're, oh, no, no I am the one that wears this on every Christmas. <laughs> in front of the grandparents and parents, and they'd scratch their head going... But you didn't work at a company called Nakatomi. <laughs> yeah, just not getting it. <laughs> yeah, completely over their heads. They just kind of smile and just go, oh, that's a nice jumper, Peter. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you can, or, yeah. or they just turn around you and go, Die Hard is not a Christmas film. Then we will have words. <laughs> oh, a, a tradition of the... Uh, Allison family household is every Christmas Eve we wrap presents whilst watching Die Hard. <laughs> so we, what do we what we uh, what do we watch usually before? Um, we always we don't have one for Christmas Eve, but Christmas Day we always have to watch a Christmas story. Uh, have you ever seen a Christmas story? Yeah, the one about the little boy with the BB gun. See nope. this is this is weird, right? Because oh, no. if you're in, if you're in America, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you're listening to this and our, our friends in America, if you're listening to this, you'll know what I'm talking about. The Christmas story is a staple over there. But yeah. every time I talk to somebody over here about a Christmas story, um, which is like is being I've been we've been watching it in our family for like forever. Um, I just assumed that everybody saw this film and stuff. Right. Nope. If you've not watched it, and like I remember seeing it at work, people, are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Watch it. It's it. Right. It's sort of based. Um, you know. Uh, okay. The kid who's in it, the main kid who's in it. Right. If you've ever watched the new Elf film, one of the elves has him in it. Um, he's like it's it's so it's based in the fifties. It's basically about mm-hmm. a little boy, uh, called Ralphie and his family, and it's leading up to Christmas, and it's him basically narrating um his christmas um and he's basically he wants what they call a red rider bb gun 
and he wants a Red Rider BB gun for Christmas, and that's all he wants. And it, it's about him talking, to, you know, himself and how he's going to get this off his parents. And he's like, he's he's like planting sort of like magazines in his mum's sort of kind of magazine rack, so they can see these Red Rider BB gun. And he, he writes to Santa to have a BB gun, and every time he, you know, he he says this, his parents will go, "You shoot your eye out, kid," and it's just like it's such a good film. It's so funny. It's got so many iconic moments. Like everybody in america knows will know what i'm talking about but for some reason it doesn't seem to be a big thing in the uk and i would urge you all if you've not seen a christmas story um it's it's amazing watch it it's so funny and it's just so good it's such a feel-good film as well it's just you know i promise you like if you've ever seen like uh memes of like a lump which is like a leg uh, a woman's leg with a, a lampshade on yes. top of it. That comes from a Christmas story. Okay. Um, so it's like it's such a good film. It's it's you know you should you should definitely watch it if you haven't watched a Christmas story this year and it, put it on your list. It's going to be on Sky or it'll be on Amazon or Netflix. Probably it'll be on what it'll be on some streaming <laughs> platform. You can watch it. Go and watch it. You will not regret it. It's brilliant. It's so, so good. And the thing is, it's so sort of like, well, it kind of very reminiscent of, you know, obviously it's based in the 50s, so it's not fully reminiscent of me growing up, but like, it's just the way he talks to himself. So there's a bit in it where he's helping his dad. He's helping his dad sort of kind of uh, fix a flat tire. And his dad sort of knocks the um, the screws out of the kid's hand, and the kid, you just a slow motion kind of goes. Ralphie goes, "Oh fudge!" And he says, "And I didn't say fudge." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the the, the the dad comes into the car and goes, "Do you know what your son just said?" And he whispers in her ear, and she starts screaming. She's Ralphie, Ralphie, and she washes out his mouth with like soap. Uh, and then it's just like him afterwards lying in bed daydreaming about how you know he might get soap poisoning and how bad they would feel if it be he he went blind because they had made him sort of take this soap and it was just like you think that shit when you're a kid you know it's like i was completely wronged and it's so good because you have these sort of kind of like daydreams which you do have as a kid and it's so good. It's so good. Like, you know, like he, he's, he's writing this report about how, you know, he wants a BB gun and he's sort of daydreaming how his teacher's going to react when she reads his masterpiece. And she's like going, oh my God, it's it's the best thing ever and stuff. And he's just like, wow, yeah, you're going to, you're going to love this. Watch it. Watch it. If you've not watched it, get definitely. It's called A Christmas Story. It's, it's about a kid called Ralphie who wants a BB gun. I, uh, it's, it's so good. Really, really, really good. You should watch it. Um, well, actually, I've got a bit of a conundrum uh, at the moment about films to watch. Like, every Christmas Eve, um, I will take the kids out to the cinema to watch something, to watch film. Now, my daughter has already been to, uh, to see Spider-Man No Way Home. <sighs> without, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Without me. Oh, that's really bad. That's betrayal Ooh, right there, we Peter. We have watched every <laughs> MCU film to date together and discussed about it, talked about it, got the references, pointed out like little Easter eggs. And my daughter decided to go and see Spider-Man. No way home without me. We're just with her friends. Yeah, but you're and not co- you're, she's older now. You're, you're just dad. She? You're not called cool dad. Is, what age is she? Ed's a teenager. 
Okay. There yeah. you go. You're just not cool anymore, man. You go, yeah. <laughs> I've some of the friends, I am cool, and, I, and some of them think I'm a rock star. But you're still dad. <laughs> you're still dad. That, that box wins. But anyway, I'm trying to find a film that a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a thirteen-year-old can all enjoy on Christmas Eve, and I'm really drawing a blank. A Christmas like, story? Still a, Chris, a Christmas story? Get it, man. Seriously. It's, no, no, it's... At, the, at the cinema. Oh, okay. Is Ghostbusters still showing up your way? I've still not seen that yet film. either. Not seen Ghostbusters. Not seen Spider Man no. yet. Um, no. Not seen. Ghost... Yeah, no, I, I've missed Ghostbusters. I caught June last week. So good, really good. Probably not going to catch Spider Man now with everything going to hell. Yeah, and which means I'll probably miss the Matrix as well. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck Matrix as well. Yeah, Matrix is going to get hammered, unfortunately, by the Omicron. Yeah, at least at least in the UK, in that. And Belgium and most of Europe at this rate. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see I, I want to see Spider Man in the cinema, but I just don't see me getting to see it until uh, in the new year. To be fair, um, yeah. Like I'm I I am now double jabbed and boosted. I have been boosted. I am 15G enabled or whatever it is. Um, Likewise, yeah, yeah. So, but got Windows Human installed yet? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens and stuff. There's, there's, there, he's. I don't think he'd have the balls. I don't think they'd have the balls to stop Christmas fully because of all the shit that's gone down. Uh, especially with that Christmas party, they weren't meant to be the the Christmas party yeah. in that never commas, that never alleged, happened. Alleged Christmas party, the alleged Christmas party, and the there. subsequent investigation into the Christmas party that never happened to interview people that weren't there. Yeah, I, I guarantee By someone if, that had another Christmas party. Yeah, if they turned around <laughs> and went, "Yeah, you guys can't have a proper Christmas this year," I think everybody would revolt. You would have a proper like, "Fuck off, that's not happening." How dare you? And I just think they couldn't. They couldn't do it. So I reckon what's going to happen is New Year they'll turn around and go right okay we need a new lockdown and they're gonna they're gonna kick it in new year my no, money's that, on a, my money's on an announcement on thursday that as of boxing day we're stuffed and we're in lockdown problem with that is i'll be stuck in northern ireland then i'm back for christmas for northern ireland as much as i like being there for bits and pieces i don't want to spend you know the next year stuck in northern ireland you know without my sort of Without but, the man cave. <laughs> the, yeah. Well, the slight ray of sunshine behind the crowds is that Omicron, due to initial research, Omicron seems to be incredibly more transmissible, but also less severe. I heard that. Yeah, heard that. Now, that pretty much maps out with the general evolution of viruses. They become more transmissible, but also, you know, less severe because they want to spread. They don't want to kill the host. They, are, they want to kind of spread more and more and more. Now, so fingers crossed, um, you know, things will start calming down finally next year. Very much. Got to get there first. Well, we're into, we're into the last sprint of this. I know about a week and a half and we should be there. What was the meme I saw earlier on? 2021. Almost over. Proof that, you, that time flies when you're not having fun too. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I, I, and I think the, um, I feel bad for the, um, the uh service industry and stuff like i i feel bad i feel annoyed at them at this moment in time because i went to look to sort of kind of book a new year's eve thing with me and uh my my i can say it's my girlfriend's my my new girlfriend and um i uh 
like if you're like charging like 250 yeah. quid a person and i was like are you insane it was like i don't you know i don't mind a little bit of extravagance around the year and it's just but it's just like there is no way i'm gonna spend 250 quid 500 quid a person to sit in you know cloud 23 in manchester you know to watch fireworks and it's, it's oh, gonna well you gotta think about this like they Due to social distancing, they've got to kind of keep everyone apart. Yep. Plus, the kind of all the various COVID restrictions that are in place and will become increasingly in place. On top of that, it's like you know, it's one of the most you know sought after days of the year, barring possibly Valentine's Day and uh, possibly ha- and Easter. And they're probably well, as scheduling extra does. stuff. Yeah, well, I just think I fully, and you know, I understand why they've hiked the yeah. prices up and stuff. Like, I, I've been there a few times and stuff. It's good. But, it's, it's great. It's great for like, if, you know, it, it, it's a good. Like, I don't. I like to have parties and stuff for yeah. New Year's, but um, if I go out, it's a good place to go simply because you get three sixty in Manchester. You get all the fireworks going off and around. It's quite nice and it's it's fancy. It's good to sort of you know, it's quite a fancy place. But you. It's never been that expensive. Uh, it's been expensive, but it's not been that expensive. And it, yeah. it's, it is, it's just kind of gone up. And it's not because well, I've left it late. It's because um, they obviously have to make up for the shortfall of whatever sort of, uh, you know, is happening at this moment in time. And um, so I, I have, I have my, I have, you know, they have my sympathy. They, they have my sympathy, but then it's just like, oh, well, I can't do that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's supply, again, it's supply and demand. So obviously there's sufficient demand there and that they can offer that price. Yeah. Well, that is it, isn't it? Yeah. Fortunately. I mean, I, I, here's a question though. Have I've never gone out. Bound a few parties I've gone to in New Year's, I've never had a good time at a New Year's Eve party. There's always been a bit, kind of, build up to midnight. What if you fireworks go off and go, huh? I, 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 I wouldn't, I don't like going out for New Year's generally. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't go out for, a, you know, most times, like every year, um, before I got balls, Boz is a bit of the issue because I can't, you know, one, you can't have people around the house with Boz uh, in mm. because he's obviously a guard dog and he's like, what the fuck are these random people doing in my home? And he'll just be going mental, you know, it's just like, that's not going to happen. Um, and because he's broken out of his kennels numerous occasions uh, and the gates haven't been fixed, he can't stay there over New Year's. So I can't have a party at my house. So he has to sort of, you know, be where wherever he's going to be. And, um, so I would generally have a, I would generally have a party. Um, yeah. So I would call it, we'd call it New Gears Eve. So you had Gearwing for Halloween, <laughs> and then you had New Gears Eve, which was, and then every now every now and again we had Chinese New Gears as well. So just to sort nice. of kind of through that. In. <laughs> so we had New Gears Eve, um, and I it was really good. Like I, every every everyone I've had has been um, really enjoyable. You know, just being like lots yeah. of friends there, lots of food, a really you know good laugh and stuff. And I've never really liked going out one because it's expensive. Yeah. Two, it's like um, you know, like I could spend two hundred quid, three hundred quid on food and drink and stuff uh, for a party at my house and you know, it's great. Or I could spend 500 plus on going out into Manchester and then having to try and get taxis home or have yeah. to spend loads oh, of money yeah. on a hotel. And, Dude, and think about like all the all the board games you could play with that money. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it's like... I mean, yeah. You could almost buy two squads of space marines. Yeah, what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've been out to nightclubs at various times uh, on New Year's Eve and it's always just been really naff. Just like... 
a bit of a fanfare around you know midnight and that's it there's nothing else to differentiate when you kind of get get a lot of friends together and celebrate the new year's like you know reminiscing about what's happened what's to come that feels much more you know yeah i I, i'd I'd sort of i kind of i don't mind it when it's just sort of you and somebody else and you're having a a quiet it's quiet sort of there's a bit of music going on you quiet you got something if you're going to have a party with other people, I prefer it was at my house and stuff. I wouldn't go yeah. out with a bunch of people and stuff because you just get rammed into some sort of small place. You're paying yeah. door charge or something. And then it's just, you know, then the bar is usually ch- jacked up as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's just like, yeah. So, um, no, so I'm, I'm going to have to try and think of something else for new year's this year, I think. Um, but yeah, well, that's if I get back in time. That's if uh, they don't sort of uh, stop Lock me. you out. Yeah, stop me from tra- traveling and stuff. We'll have to see. But <sighs> one of these days, one of these days is going to be over. <laughs> um, my, I have strong suspect by this time next year it will be over. Basically, COVID will become another form of seasonal. Um, bug or virus much like the cold or the flu and we'll just basically have like you know, a COVID jab along yeah. with our flu jab yeah and yeah basically as it becomes more transmissible it becomes less severe and our body and our bodies have now kind of become acclimatized to COVID um, viruses and we'll basically some form of resistance <laughs> that's my suspicion well, if it doesn't happen, Pete, you're getting held responsible. We're going to well, come back here. Say, Pete, I... you said in, in Geek Pride Cast 2021 that it was all going to be over by now. It's not. You'll even play it back. You know yeah. that, don't you? <laughs> you know that time, well, Pete, that you said this. Okay. Well, what's happening now? Wow, why? The apocalypse has come. <laughs> you know? What's that, Pete? I can't hear you over your respirator noises. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you take the bunny suit off for a little bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't talk about the bunny suit. <laughs> Tell the man with the machete in the background to piss off. <laughs> it's my assault rifle. I have two whole rounds for it. Do you want me to have one? Mr. Wilson says, was that the prediction last year as well? <laughs> Heckling from the crowd. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, do you know what? I, I, I'm trying to think. When this happened, I did I think it was going to last this long? Did I? It's been about 21 months now since March 2020. Um, I was predicting things would go would go back to normal in summer, as in summer 2021, and things did start going back to normal. Unfortunately, things started getting worse again. So, mm. yeah, they, see, it's one of these things. Like it, it's, I've sort of just got used to it to the point where it's just a thing that happens. And I kind of, in a way I'm, I like the fact that it's forced companies to sort of be a bit more um, flexible with working and stuff like that. You know, like I, I 100% prefer working from home than going into getting on a train and going into the office and stuff like that. You know, as much as I, I like seeing people now and again, you know, I, I have, I'm, you know, happy to sit and work from home and stuff, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you don't have that any of that commute time. I mean, I've seen more of uh, Kaylee this past 18 months and I have the past, like, about two, three years before because kids has been working from home and I've been working from home. So it's been fantastic. We spent more time together and have loved it. I mean, there are people out there that said, oh, no, I want to work. For, I, 
uh, like I've broken up because they've been working together too long, or they, or they want to go to the office because they've had enough of their wife or husband. It's thinking, really? Yeah, they just think, like, I, yeah, I find that. Really? Like people go, I need to get out of the office. That being said, I suppose if you've got loads of screaming kids and stuff, you're you probably want to get away from them for a bit and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, uh, me, I've, I've got three kids. Go on. Um, and I, still, I love it. Yeah, but you, but you're, what, what age are your kids, Pete? Five, ten, and thirteen. Yeah. So. So I mean, okay. So I mean, Rick was being like would have been literally turning four um, when the uh, the whole thing kicked off back in March 2020, and so he and things have been really for him. It's been the most disruptive uh, because he completely dropped out of uh, nursery. And this first year in that school reception level was very disrupted with like the homeschooling every now and then. And this was something, so it was really, you could see like just the the social development aspect Mm. of this personality was, you know, because he wasn't there with other children his age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually understand that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I mean, but. I've got a way of topic in this, haven't I? So I apologise. Um, but, but honestly, it's been great just spending time with, together. And I mean, we have done things together that we would never probably have done, like playing D&D uh, at the weekends yeah. during lockdown. And, well, obviously not with Rick because he's four. Uh, but my, my older two and with, with Kayla, Kay- Kayla played D&D for the first time and loved it. She played a half elf called Live to Live. <laughs> China. <laughs> uh, Neil Neil Jackson on on Facebook. Uh, Mr. Jackson, long time no speak, sir. Uh, working from home has really helped me clear some of my painting backlog. I'd love to say it has for me, but I think I've done sort of like I, I, I do what I always do. I get myself into lots of little projects and never really finish them off and the mm. only thing that sort of kind of has kept on going is Dungeons and Dragons, and that's because I have to. <laughs> it's like keeping powering through. Yeah, no, my my, my year has been quite disrupted with all sorts of odds and sods, as you guys probably know. Yeah. So it's not been the world's most create most consi- consistent year for me, but I definitely know it happened somewhere on the way, and I have the bruises to show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there has been some good stuff this uh, this past year. I mean, I started um, going back to kung fu again. Oh, you were sure? Which, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I recently got my yellow belt, and. I mean, this is, uh, I really enjoy martial arts. I really enjoy Kung Fu, especially because, you know, it's, yeah, it's just a, a style that just suits my nature. And I'd, I'd dropped out of it about 20 years ago. Uh, basically, I moved, uh, there was on the, and the Shaolin school I was going to was on the other side of town. And then I met Kalia, then we moved again, and then we kind of married, and then children, and then suddenly, hang on, it's been 20 years. I want to go back to Kung Fu. And I just like in this random thing, I saw this post by this uh, local uh, kung fu school saying, "Hey, we we, uh, we are uh, we are opening up following lockdowns. Anyone just to come along?" I went, "Actually, I am." And I went back to it, and it's great. It's, it's amazing stuff I kind of remember from twenty plus years ago. And I kind of done. Okay, I remember this. This is cool. <laughs> just like getting into it again. So that's been good. And um, but yeah, it has been. Opportunities have presented themselves, but they've been few and far between. Is the best way to put it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've, I thought, oh, with all this, you know, extra time, I could get loads more done. But I haven't really. You always find things to sort of yeah. kind of fill in the gap, and then you procrastinate. Like today is a prime example of me procrastinating. Like I, I got up, 
early-ish for me on a Sunday. And um, how, how early? How early? <laughs> well, I went to bed at half two and I got up out of bed at 11. So early-ish for, for a Sunday when, you know, because yeah. I, you know, I had to walk balls. So I walked balls and then I, did, I, I cleaned the house a bit and I was like, okay, I'm going to sort out my, my man cave. I'm going to get all the games ready for when I get back to Northern Ireland and stuff. Got to get all my Song of Ice and Fire stuff sorted so me and my brother can play when we go back to Northern Ireland and stuff. I, I sat down and watched literally a season of Scrubs. <laughs> That's it. Sat there Dude, watching Scrubs. has been dropped on netflix and you haven't and you watched the scrubs instead i know man that's it exactly that's it i was gonna i I was gonna start watching it uh with mira on friday but she hasn't seen uh the first season properly and i didn't really want to re-watch it um at the time and stuff and she wasn't that bothered and i was just like watch something else the first season of the witcher is heavy going not because of the setting or the characters but the structure of the story itself it's it drops around so much. It drops around, and it doesn't help that the characters are ageless. Yeah. So yeah. You, you don't realise that they are jumping between different times until the very end. It's like, oh, the big trust. When really there should have been some stronger indicators there to, you know, telegraph that to the viewer. Now, Westworld did that same thing in the, their first season. But they did it much better because mm-hmm. there was much greater background detail. Yeah, Westworld was good, different- though, because... I had no idea, and then things started clicking in, and then you're just it's, like, "Oh, yeah. right." And 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 it's also seemingly two different characters. Yes, that was the key, wasn't it? It wasn't exactly the same cast. There were enough differences in the cast. Yes, that you knew there were distinct time or stories, but you didn't see the connections until later on, yes. as the little breadcrumbs started to come through, and you drew the lines. Whereas with The Witcher, it was so much harder trying to get the frame ref- the frame of reference because too many of the main characters you were seeing were basically just wearing different costumes sometimes, or not even that sometimes in the case of... Yes, essentially ages, because, yeah. you know, you know, because the, the, they, they're various natures. And it was just... It felt like a sleight of hand that was underhand, if that makes any sense. But, but the first, next season, which has actually been much more straight in their narrative much more structured and it's paying off it's, it feels much more interesting the creature effects are fantastic the cgi effects yeah but the creature but the creature effects make up for it and the stories yeah pretty good and it delves deeply into slavic folklore which i absolutely love it is uh, on my list for this week i think but yeah, i just I, haven't had a chance i haven't watched hawkeye yet either man i've just been pretty bad i haven't watched hawkeye i haven't watched I, witcher oh, i haven't watched new spider-man i haven't watched uh, uh i might get crucified by people who've seen this but i think possibly hawkeye is one of the best of the mm. it's one of the best marvel series. they've kind of completely forgot all kind of apocalyptic storylines mm. gone for a very personal very grounded story very tight like, yeah very tight very personal of like hawkeye and like what it is to be an avenger when alongside a god a genius billionaire philanthropist um a, you know, raging ball of fury. Super soldier. Uh, a super soldier, you know, and then you got a guy with a bow and arrow. Mm. And what's it like to be in there? And it really does pay off, like, some interesting insights in the character, but it's so well done, because uh, you make Clint Barton become the everyman viewer. 
but then also I think they played it really well between him and Haley Steinfeld yeah. as Kate Bishop because she's part of the reason it works so well. Because yes, okay, she's a she is a bit of a spoiled rich kid, but in her way. But the the naivety that she brings into it when he's just so weary, yeah, and she just keeps on just like, yep, yeah, we can go now, right? Cool, yeah, all under control. No yeah. spoilers, no. by the way. Um, yeah, I've, I'm not still... no, 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 but no, it's yeah, it's really nice. There's some great intersections with the wider MCU. Mm. Um, but yeah, it pays off dividends for those that have been watching MC while still being accessible to those that yeah. haven't watched all of them. And I think it's just a really sweet. So it's mixed incredibly relatable because all he wants to do is be home in time for Christmas with his family. And yeah. I think everyone can relate to that gotcha. one goal. And then all these things keep happening. He goes, no, no, I just want to go home and see my family, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward. Like, it, it, uh, I'll probably do it because, you know, I've got a week off. So I back to Northern Ireland, hopefully, um, um, back to Northern Ireland, hopefully on Tuesday night. Uh, I've got to get a 4 a.m. boat if they Ooh. don't lock things down. So I've got to travel. I'm going to have to leave here at about 8 o'clock in, in the night and then travel up to Scotland to get across Northern Ireland. So I've got a week, week across there, so I'll have lots of time, hopefully when we're not playing games with my bro, um, to watch sort of like Witcher and Hawkeye, and I hopefully might get to see Spider-Man. If I don't, I'm going to have to try and steer away from spoilers and stuff until the new year. It's driving me nuts at the moment, yeah, as it is. It's going to be, it's going to be hard, um, but yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, because it's the 20th anniversary, and we'll get to some of the questions because I think Alistair said um, about favorite, uh, what we're looking forward to in 2022. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll go down this sort of rabbit hole, but it's, a, it's the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings this year. And, oh, yeah. Um, 20 years, man. And um, I'm looking forward to um having some family lord of the rings time and stuff i think so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna force the family to watch lord of the rings uh when we get back because it used to be like a tradition um i remember going to see it the first time when it came out uh it was in the print works in manchester uh the gallery which was like the the expensive seats where you got free popcorn and some and chocolate and stuff and uh and i remember going there and watching it and being like, this is the culmination of my childhood coming to fruition. This is like everything I dreamed about because I grew up, me and my brother and sister grew up with it. Did you ever see the animated um, Lord of the Rings? I did. I thought I thought that was really well done. I mean, the kind of bit of the shy was a bit twee, but yeah. the orc elements was really yeah. chilling. The way they kind of brought in live action dark. elements. Were... It was quite dark. Yeah. And it's like, but the thing is, it only, <laughs> to be done. it only got up to Helm's Deep. So you got the yeah. Helm's Deep in... And uh, yeah, it ends with Gandalf saying, and thus begins the War of the Ring and throwing his sword in the air. Yeah, that's it. Stabbing yeah. himself in the head. So good. Yeah. So as a kid growing up with that film, um, we are like, oh, but, you know, my dad would read the books and we, we, we knew kind of what was going on, but we always wanted to know you know come on what is, is somebody going to finish this are we ever going to get something and that was you know i can't even remember the year that was sort of brought out but you know it was pretty sort of you know uh, i had to wait another 15 years or something possibly you know 12 15 years something like that before finally having the lord of the rings movie like come out and just come on the screen and i've never had my mind blown as much 
in by anything and until like Lord of the Rings came out and I remember physically standing and clapping my hands mm. you know when this thing when it finished yeah. and I was just like this was absolutely amazing just sort of just completely blown away by it yeah. and stuff and it's just like yeah. I cried when I cried when Boromir died I you know I cried when Gandalf fell after the the Balrog I you know it's just it's like this is like everything this is so beautiful and we just have this like tradition where we like we'd watch it in the cinema so I watched it in, in Manchester then I went home to Northern Ireland we all went to see it um in the cinema then the next year uh, we all went, we all watched the first one again on the DVD that came out. Then we went to watch the second one in the cinema. Then we watched all the ex- the extras and stuff. And then the next year we did the same thing. And then the next year we did, we watched all three of them and stuff. And it was just like a thing that we did. And um, we did it with the <laughs> Hobbit movies as well when they came out. And it's just like, so 20 yeah. years, 20 yeah. years of my life with these films and stuff. And I think, you know, that's it. It's going to have to have, it's going to have to have Lord of the Rings this year. It's going to have to be. It's going to be yeah. a thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to w- watching the Lord of the Rings films with with my children when they're... I mean, my eldest could probably handle it. I mean, the, my, my boys would, might be a tad too young, 10 and 5. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to... You reckon uh, 10's too, too, too young, too old? I mean, too young I, for Lord of the Rings? For some of the more violent aspects, yes. Because it, because they don't shy back from the oh. violence. You know, actually, the deaths, do they, when you think about it? Trying to think in the first one, uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I suppose they are pretty. Especially, it is, yeah. it is kind of be quite brutal when they're re- reinforcing just how nasty um, Saruman and Sauron's forces are, and like kind of the kind of birthing of the orcs and everything. Mm. So yeah, it, it can be. There's distinct horror elements to it when you think about it, um, and even Smeagol for that matter. To be fair, Golem, like that, that is kind of like. Mm. Yeah, well, thinking about like, the, the cartoon, thinking back at the cartoon, um, it was it was pretty dark, you know, and there yeah. was some, you know, it was pretty the way they filmed it because they they sort of kind of put um, f- it was film as well as animated as well, yeah, so they live sort, action animated, yeah, live action animated and stuff. So they had some, you know, the orcs look, you know, scary, you know, and yeah. some of them looked like proper scary and stuff, and it was like, um, so I, I remember as a child, sort of kind of being like. I don't know if I, I don't think I don't think I was scared of it. I don't ever think about being scared of it and stuff because it was Unsettled. sort of uh, it Unsettled. was it was uh, I don't know. I just sort of you know because you had like Aragorn and Legolas yeah. and stuff like that. Um, to be fair though, we survived we survived Watership Down, so we could handle most things. Oh mate, Watership Down! What that? What the hell is that? That is designed for children, and that is pure trauma no, in, a, no, no. in that cartoon. Was never designed for children. It never no. was. It was just because it was animated that you know the um, not censors. Everyone the, assumed. Everyone assumed. Thank you. It would be you know suitable for for children. No, it's not. Really, isn't. It has kind of mentally, most mentally and emotionally scarred children of a decade. The it's an animated film about bunny rabbits. The children it's, will it's love so it. It's so graphic as well, man. That film yeah. is so graphic. It's like literally bunny murder everywhere, and it's not just like a bit of blood. There's 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 blood everywhere. Throats. Rabbits, yeah, ripping yeah. each other apart. Yeah, I mean, I think in the first five minutes, it's like one of the rabbits uh, has a vision of a you know a tide of blood coming down the hills, and I'm thinking. 
and I'm, I'm not watching this about Ephrafra. six or seven. Is that Ephrafra? Was that the name of, a, of the, the, the rabbit god or something? I can't remember. Ephrafra. Yeah, I'm, and sure. I'm starting looking at it. I'm six or seven. Okay, I don't want to watch this now. Thank you. <laughs> Checking out. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Neil says, I remember the first time I saw Lord of the Rings trailer. I was working in Games Workshop Manchester. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't realize you worked in Games Workshop Monsters, Neil. Uh, we beat Liverpool on sales and rewards. Uh, we went to watch uh, Starship Troopers, but the short snippet of the Fellowship walking uh, one of the other, sorry, one over the peak trailer was a re- um, was what really sent me, sorry, into a frenzy, despite the film still being two years away. I can go with that. Yeah, it's um, no, the first a lot of things films, like the Fellowship of England was like a fantastic film in, in and of itself. I mean, it was just really completely, you know, set the bar of what was expect could be expected from a fantasy film. And yet it has set, you know, you know, it kind of sent an earthquake through, you know, the cinema industry. Like this is what we can do. Yeah. These are the stories that we can tell. You, you watch it back, though, it, it is slightly dated. As much as I love all the practical effects, and the one thing annoyed me most about The Hobbit, um, like, really annoys me about The mm. Hobbit, is they went too CGI heavy on it. Yeah. Like, it would just... I appreciate they they used a lot of CGI. There were some, they did some groundbreaking stuff with CGI in the original films, but they were very... It was all about the bigotures, so they made things. Yeah. Everything was tangible. Um, mm. There was, you know, it was a physical sort of thing, whereas you had animated orcs and you had sort of animated sort of everything and in The Hobbit, that upset me. But if you look back at sort of like some of the Lord of the Rings stuff, it does... It looks slightly dated now, um, but still so good. Still so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember this um, story around the time when the two towers was released. Apparently, for the Battle of the, of the Armies, like the C.G. Rohan, was that right? What, the, the Battle of Five Armies is... Uh, no, the Battle of Five Armies, no, the, the battle between the Orc forces and uh, the Rise of Rohan. Um, when the two armies Helm's meet Deep. each other... Thank you, Battle of Helm's Deep. Apparently, they used this program called Massive, which is a simulation of mass combat between two giant armies. Yeah. But they made every unit intelligent and to therefore respond, you know, tactically and intelligently. The two armies faced each other, turned around and ran away. <laughs> so that's so that to lower the intelligence of the each unit so they actually would fight. Oh, is this in Pel? Are you talking about Pelinor Fields? Was it's not the siege you're talking about? Are you talking about when the Rohirrim hit them in the side, the flank, and uh... I don't know. It's like massive. The program massive was used, and okay. yeah, they had to kind of dump down the forces a bit so they would actually fight and not run away. <laughs> Which, well, then again, think about it, yeah, that kind of makes sense because like, hey, I don't want to die. I want to like it. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that really annoys me, like it doesn't annoy me because I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd and I just love Lord of the Rings, but it's when the Rohirrims are charged down the hill and there's a bunch of pikemen with like their their spears out and they're charging into pikemen. And it's like this would never happen. This is like Gandalf. You're an idiot. Why would you ever do this? But obviously, they they sort of break the line of these pikemen quite easily mm-hmm. uh, well, well i, I said that was it was because the sun was rising and blinded them so they couldn't kind of angle the pikes properly to yeah i think that's the inference there and stuff that's why i sort of kind of tell myself but it's like you know yeah. the history the history side of me is kind of going Meh, would they they were they're packed pretty deep <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of pikemen there i don't know if that's going to work or not but uh yeah love those films man just i just buzzed off every single one of them i just and i was really sad when they all ended and stuff i was just like oh well to be fair like the um 
the, the third film. Bloody hell, I can't remember. Right. Uh, Return the, the, the Thank you. Yeah, I'm completely blank on the name today. Uh, but no, the Return of the King kept ending and ending and ending. And he's just like, please, just stop. Please. I, I, no, I think the thing is, I, people say this all the time. It's like, it's the it's the most common it's sort just, of like, it's the most common it's sort of like thing about it. And, and apparently Jack Nicholson, apparently one of the reasons he left was because it just kept on, it just kept, it wouldn't end. And it's just like, I, you know, for, for me, I... I didn't want at the end. So having these sort of kind of bits just sort of coming on and things, it's just like, it was sort of, sort of, uh, what's the word? What's the, it, it was crossing the T's and dotting the I's yeah. for, the, for the, for the, for the, for the, you know, the final movie and stuff. And it was just sort of like, it was just, it was nice. I, I enjoyed I, it. I, I, I get that from a story aspect, but from a kind of a cinematic aspect, it was just, not made up. Yeah, it was Bessie. Thank you. There, yeah, it just felt. I, I yeah. you know, I, I could have happily had all the extended editions and still watched it and stuff. You know, make it five hours a movie. I would have, I would have done that. We've had this, but we've had this discussion about yeah, yeah. sort of long, long films and stuff like that. I, you know, I have zero issue with watching long films. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I would prefer the. I don't... But the thing is, it, there's a long film where it's because it's full of stuff that needs to be in that structure but where it's just it's just careless and they've just got to the end and gone we've i just keep on throwing scenes in there as i cross stuff off my list then sooner or later i'll run out and we'll put the credits in <laughs> i think you know because i think our 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 debate the last time we had it was about uh was on um uh, Justice League wasn't it the the Schneider cut because we were basically yeah. talking about the endings where he he just threw in the um the apocalypse the post apocalyptic sort of ending and then he threw in the uh, yeah. the, the Martian Manhunter thing and stuff and you know for, in my mind it was just you know it was him it was him just going to go this is what you could have had if you sort of let me carry on sort of thing this is what you could have if you sort of wanted to do that with Lord of the Rings I. I Lord of the Rings, I think it was it was necessary to story. Um, I don't think it was you know it was sort of showing where everybody was going and what everybody was doing and stuff. So for me, it didn't really it didn't feel like it was sort of lots of different. It was lots of different endings, but it was different endings for different people's story arcs. If you get what I mean, and um, that didn't bother me. Um, and you're gonna have to go through it all over again, starting next year. When this, or is it next year or the year after, with this prequel series that Amazon are doing? Oh, please be good, 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 please be good. I'll wait till September to find out. Oh man, I, I just, oh, I just hope it's gonna be good. One thing that's gonna really, really upset me about that is, I guarantee you they're not gonna do it on a binge watch way. It's gonna be week after week after week, and I'm gonna have to wait. I'm gonna have to wait every week to watch a new episode and I just do, I can't do that anymore I just want to binge stuff I just want to binge it all so, Matt Jones in for content yeah <laughs> just uh, we'll do things for the next episode of Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm hoping they spent enough money on it the, you know, it's the most expensive TV program apparently ever made so you know yeah. I'm kind of hoping it'll be good um, so We'll see. I just hope they don't bastardize it and stuff because it's meant to be. It's 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 sort of Silmarillion time and stuff. So it's literally the. I think it's the sort of. It's going to be the fall of get moving up to the fall of um, 
Numenor, so basically the Black Numenorians and Black Numenorians and stuff like that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, looking, uh, looking forward to that. You know, that's going to be that. And you've got House of the Dragon coming as well. Oh yeah, well, this sort of kind of ties in with uh, Mr. Wilson's sort of thing. Looking forward to in twenty twenty two. Um, so yeah, so we've got the, uh, we've got Lord of the Rings, which I'm looking forward to. House of the Dragon. I, um, I am slightly not bothered by it because the way the series ended, I, I, I've, it's, <laughs> I've, I've got a bit of a, I don't know what it is. I've got a bit of a, you know, I've just got a bit of a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to sort of Game of Thrones at the moment, <laughs> says the man who's got a Game of Thrones tabletop game going on in the background and stuff, but it's just like, I love the book so much and it's upsetting that he still hasn't finished the last two. Uh, well, he hasn't even got on to the last sort of, you know, Winds of Winter yet, finished finished the Winds of Winter yet and it's been easily, like, when was the last one? Ten years? We're going to be going on ten years now before he's, you know, because he, he's done since the, uh, Dance for Dragons. Dance for Dragons was 2013? It's 2012? Something like that. I don't know, it's in and around then and stuff. So, and it, the series was like, okay, right, well, this will do me until these books come out and stuff. But it just it just ended so badly that I yeah. just kind of went to, like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm I'm bored waiting on the books now. And um, I'm just like, it, the last series just left such a bad taste in my mouth that I was just like, yeah, I'm not really that bothered. And the prequel series, it has to be something special or I'm... Um, you know, I'm not going to be too impressed. So hopefully, it'll be good as well. But just do you, Matt? Do you think the TV series has damaged the Game of Thrones brand in and of itself? Yeah, like, exactly. it has. It has, and I'm. I, it's just sort of they've rushed it. They've they've given the one thing that annoys me the most is they've got a story that has so much complexity, and they've 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 done it so well. For you know, as much as it's di- it differs from the books in a lot of ways, but they've done it well enough for the first sort of <laughs> three, four seasons, and then they've realised that you know it's expensive and we need to put this to bed soon. So what we're going to do is rush it. So they've got all this really sort of mad sort of complexity, and they've condensed it, and they've cut out, uh, and they made it easier, and it just sort of cut off sort of storylines, and it's like killing off Littlefinger, doing things like this. And it was just like the death of Littlefinger in a really meaningless way, as much as it showed that Sansa was sort of, you know, not to be trifled with and stuff. It was just like his character was integral to the Game of Thrones, in my mind. And having him just de- dead the way he is, it was just like, it was just like, well, we need to get him out of the way so we can move things on. We need to get this person out of the way to move them on. Oh, Jamie and La- uh, Jamie and Cersei fucking die in a in a you know a rock slide underneath the um, the Red Cape, and um, you know this is gonna happen. and it's just like they just rushed it. And then what the f- <laughs> what the fuck was democratic Bran? You know, new new democratically elected Bran. What the hell's that? And it's just like, and it just it was it was ridiculous. They got this beautifully com- beautifully complex thing that they could have easily got two or three more seasons out of, maybe more. To sort of really, sort of kind of get this beautiful sort of like, you know, 
this be- this beautiful thing out, but they didn't, and they just rushed. Even the White Walkers, the White Walkers that have been coming, you know, for seasons and seasons and seasons. Suddenly, it's just like this big, impressive sort of like unstoppable wave is suddenly just snuffed out like that with you know. And it's just the the massive threat isn't a threat after it just suddenly disappears and it's just like yeah it just it it really and I think because they didn't end it properly they made their money and they left and because they didn't end it properly a lot of people like me and everybody just kind of went the way kind of going yeah I'm just I'm not bothered it didn't end yeah. very well so I and and because it has no longevity and I will say to this day the best ending that series could have ever had was a what the fuck oh my god cliffhanger thing because that would have made it carry on and the one and you can I've got a YouTube video on this and I said this is how it should have ended Littlefinger should have ended up on the throne and Littlefinger should have done what he does best he's literally pulled the strings throughout the entire thing and then what happens is you have danny you have john maybe a bit of shit happens with that they beat the white walkers and then little finger at the end has them fucking killed or something happens where they that you think it's all going to ha- have a happy ending and it's not dead and then all you have <laughs> is little finger sitting on the iron throne at the end of the season it pans back and he's looking down, and then he looks up, and then it ends, and that's it. And that sort of ending, the internet would have exploded. Everybody would have just been like, oh, what the fuck? But you would have remembered. You would have remembered it. But, whereas at this moment in time, the end of Game of Thrones, do you really remember kind of what happened? You know, Danny goes a bit mental. Jon Snow buggers off. Um, you know, it, it's just sort of, it's a bit meh. It's a bit of a dump squib. Whereas if yeah. you had something like that, it would have been talked about for years, argued about for years. It would have just sort of kept that thing going. Where as it is, you have this sort of damp squib of a a series, and it's just sort of people who are even like me who were interested in the books. Have I'm just I'm not as interested in reading what's going to happen in the next book because what he's taken too long and two the series left the the last series just ended. You know just made me not want to watch it. Yeah. I uh, still it even. Yeah. I still say the final end battle should have been just basically Sirio Forel coming on and going, Do you know what we say to the God of Death? Later the final battle that should have been just Sirio Fall just suddenly walking back on <laughs> after about eight eight or nine seasons. Like he is the greatest swordsman. <laughs> Um, Al- <laughs> um, Alistair says, uh, author has to take some blame. Surely he committed to finishing the books that whilst they made the TV shows. He didn't, because that's the thing is, he basically just turned around and went, they, they've, they, they've turned around him and went, so how does this end? And he's kind of went, well, I've not really thought about it. Because I think he's the sort of writer that, you know, he, he, he's like, I think, in like me, I don't like doing stuff when I'm forced to do it. So I understand that, you know, if he wants to write something, he'll do it when it ends on time. But mm. he's just, he's had a, a, it's like me and my D&D games. I have a brief idea. I have a, I have a, an idea what's going to happen to you guys, right? So I have a, I have a concept <laughs> on how things are going to go in our campaign. So I, I kind of know what I'm going to do with, uh, with Draken. I know what I'm going to do with Lance. I'm going to do Tharaval. I kind of have an idea about what I'm going to do with each character. So if somebody turned around and wanted to make a movie of your exploits, I could kind of go, okay, well, this is kind of what I want to happen. Um, and then they would have to put their own slant on it. And this is what's happened. So he's given them basically uh, up to Jon Snow's death 
uh, books-wise. That's basically where the books end, is... <laughs> It, it's, it, it doesn't end on Jon Snow's death. It ends on Jon Snow gets killed and you're like, what the fuck? And then the last scene is basically Varys killing Kevin Lannister, uh, who is Tywin's uh, brother. Tywin's brother. Um, and he basically, there's a, an invasion of Westeros by, uh, I think it's Little Griff, who it's not, da- da- Daenerys isn't even there. That She's off on Drogon somewhere. Um, so there's another Westerosi. Uh, they're they're Targaryens, but it's a different sort of uh, branch of Targaryens, and they've invaded Westeros, um, and that's sort of where it ends. Um, so he's kind of gone. Well, this is what you've got so far. As it ends, kind of, I kind of want something like this to happen, maybe. And they went okay, and they've gone with it, and they've they've rushed it because they had all this sort of complexity in these books that they could, they could look back on and sort of, you know, piece things together. And then they've had this, this gap of nothingness that they've had to just piece together. And you can tell, you can tell they've done it because you know, they're, it's just not, it's just not as good. It's not the same. That meme, that meme of the horse basically being awesome to suddenly just like this little stick drawing is so perfect because it's true. It's so true. Just finish drawing the horse. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, what, what's interesting is that uh, you compare this to Expanse, it's completely different, but in some ways, it's having the same issues. Like, though, um, Game of Thrones was an eight season epic with the books still being written and also no clear idea of how it ended. Whilst the Expanse series, we are now in the final season now, but this is book six of nine books. All nine books have been written and released. But this is only like season six is only going to be effectively trying to condense all the storyline into into six episodes. But did you say they were going to make film? They were going to make film. Have you seen this? Because it's out now, isn't it? The Expanse? Yep. I've watched the first two episodes. Really, really good. My only concern is how they're going to try and condense all this, you know, and resolve everything in the space of six episodes because there's a lot of plot there. Mm. My suspicion is that they will then do a series of TV movies because there is a 30-year gap between books um, six and book seven. Mm. So they could well do a trilogy of films mm. with an entirely new cast, as you'd expect. And like, no, ch- So they would just finish off their story arc, uh, the Ross and Odd Days story arc, effectively, the, the crew from that. and then- Yeah, basically. They then continue uh, doing other stories in the Expanse universe, but with entirely different um, cast, essentially. Mm. And I mean, but like, I still think like trying to condense, you know, the whole belt of uh, well, not belt, OPA versus UN storyline into six episodes is going to be massive undertaking, as well as kind of um, resolving all the things that's happened happening with the Ringgate aliens destroyers. Enemy, because I still got that kind of that swirling red thing that takes out that um, um, that um, Martian uh, frigate. Mm. So there's a lot of story to, to be told, but how do they manage to resolve that sufficiently and in su- sufficiently deeply and well in six mm. episodes? Yeah, well, well, especially the, the first are they, episode. Are they feature long? A feature um, long episode episodes? is about. 50 minutes long. Mm. Um, the final episode itself is going is is apparently going to be about 90 minutes an episode and a half. Mm. So, I mean, 
I'm looking forward to it. I'm enjoy- I'm enjoying it, really enjoying it so far. I mean, the first episode was purely setting up all the characters, where they were, and how what they were all doing. And the second story, without going into it, details, all that type, starting to move the plot forward. Mm. But still, that's only four episodes left. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> and it's really, it still, it still is really, really good. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely love it. I, I mean, clearly, so clearly doesn't like it. The, the, the science is too accurate. You can't put, spot all the, all the mistakes. She was like, actually, you'll find. Yeah, it's like, it's like one of the things that Kay and I enjoy doing is like spotting all the mistakes in TV programs and thing that's fancy actually is fairly accurate. Gen- yeah, it's a lot more accurate than a lot of other science fiction shows out there. It's not completely uh, perfect. There's, we've spotted a few things, but generally it's a bit, wow, that's actually really pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you um, have you watched For All Mankind on Apple TV? Oh, no. Nope. I was going to have a look at that. I That's quite to. good. I'm looking forward to series three next year. But it's been yeah. really well done so far. And it's got a really good cast because it's series one, two, series two came out this year. Oh, so this is another thing. That's a, this is another thing that's sort of frustrating me at the minute is there's so many different pay-per-view channels now, yeah. things now. And it's like, like the new, the new Halo series, <laughs> the new Halo series is coming out uh, on Paramount Plus. Along uh, with all the new Star Trek stuff. With all the new Star Trek stuff. And it's just like, it's like, oh man, I want to watch the new Hero series. But it's just like, I've already got Disney. I've got Netflix. I've got Amazon. Well, I just got rid of Sky. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> the thing is, what you end up doing is when they release it, if they release it all bingeable, then you just jump between subscriptions. So you take a month off of Netflix and you do all your, you binge all your Paramount Plus stuff or you binge all of your Apple TV stuff in one month. You like to binge anyway. What's the problem? I do like to binge, <laughs> but it's just sort of, I'm also, uh, just, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, it's all because it's basically a fragmentation of uh, streaming platforms. Like, mm. is what you'd expect, but before it was condensed down to Netflix and Prime, now you kind of, people are realising, hang on, you know, we want some of that streaming, streaming revenue, thank you very much, and listen to them that way. Now... Thing is, they're gonna, uh, I think there's going to get they're going to hit critical mass with this sort of thing yeah, because everybody absolutely. there's going to be so many companies who are going to do the same thing yeah. that people are not going to be willing to pay for all these subs- subscriptions yeah. and then it's going to go full circle back to where somebody's going to go well like fellas why don't because everybody's going to suffer absolutely. everybody's yeah. going to suffer and it's going to go full circle back to people going to go like let's have one place where we'll share a bit of money between but, it and it's just going to be the same thing because that's, that's how it works it's, life is that's, static yeah, exactly that's how it will happen unfortunately um i mean I, i've gone with amazon prime most because we were a family of five so basically having like next day delivery is great and we get, get like prime service as well and there's some good shows in there. For Netflix, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. And uh, yeah, Disney Plus, because Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. But, the thing is, that's why they're going looking for the licenses. So you've got your, you know, that's why Paramount's gambling on Star Trek, for example. The only thing, the only new Star Trek content you can't get on Paramount Plus is Picard. And that's just because Amazon sewed them up in a deal. Yeah. But, you know, then they picked up Halo from Microsoft because, let's be honest, it was never going near Apple. And then it came down to who was willing to throw money at them. And it will just come down to having to pick the licenses you prize more or, you know, treat it like a holiday in Florida. 
you don't buy Disneyland tickets and Universal tickets for the whole two weeks you're there. You buy a few days there and a few days there, and you leave room to go to wherever else. Well, yeah. think it's like uh, uh, Alistair's made a, a good point on um, on chat there. He says that there is, but if you think about it, uh, how much Sky TV costs, you can get four or five subscriptions from for the same price. Also, just pay for one each and share between friends. So they are cracking down the sharing stuff. I know Netflix is getting a bit hotter on that, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, it's like, how much is Netflix? It's like 50 quid a year, is it something like that? No, I know. It's gone up a bit more. Yeah, but, like, but Prime's about 70 quid, 70 quid a year and stuff yeah. like, you know, like Sky is, is like 40, 50 quid a month, you know, just like, and you're just like, I got to the point where it's like, I was paying for it and I wasn't watching it. I was just like, I said, why am I paying for this? Cause I'm not getting, I don't watch any of the movies really. I don't think subscription, you know, I, I was spending more of my time watching Netflix or watching YouTube or watching sort of like uh, stream stuff, so yeah, yeah, I I could buy into that because like, you know I'm pay I don't know how much is Disney Plus. It's um, eight quid a month. Eight quid a yeah. month. Eight quid. So Apple TV is about a five or a month. Yeah. So you're you're going to be verging on the same amount. How much it would have cost you for Sky? If you had a Sky subscription, you could deal with that. You could probably have three or four of these things sort of going up at the same time and not be too phased by it. Um, but like I said, like we said, it's going to go full circle because they're all going to be doing each other out of, you know, because people are just going to go, I'm not paying for all of this. It's going to, Things are going to get pirated. Um, yeah. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if people start going back to physical media, like you just buying a DVD because as, we, as they limit accessibility to the streaming just by going for different providers, people go, well, I can only watch this like you know, if I subscribe to your platform. So why does it get on DVD? Yep. Yep. But, but also, yep. Sky might go down in business, might go down in price again as a way to expand their availability. Because with Sky Glass, it's not even you don't even need a um, dish anymore, do you? With the yeah. the built-in Sky Q box stuff on, in the TV, it's all streaming. So it's just as long as you have a compatible internet connection, sort of thing. Well, yeah, they they have to sort of kind of get with the with it at the minute and stuff. Sky I need to do something because, like, I had zero. Like when when I let so sure you're going to say, I was like, what? Pay forty quids to watch something? I'm not gonna, you know, I don't think so. And it's just like too expensive. Wasn't get any use out of it. Barely watch sort of any of the terrestrial TV channels anymore. So it's just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered. Doesn't bother me and stuff. So, um, yeah, they need to get the uh, program or they're going to be dead like a doo-doo. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, what are we on now? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so is there... What what games are people going to be playing over Christmas? What's the... Uh, what's your... Uh, what's your Christmas gaming going to be? Um, I'm probably going to try and finally finish Mass Effect um, Legendary Edition. So I'll try and get all three of them done because this week, this year has not been conducive to sitting down and playing. And I was waiting for it for so long. No board games? Um, probably not. I've got, we have a gaming, I've got a gaming meet on New Year's Day. I was supposed to be gaming this weekend, but it didn't work out. Um, my, my partner's family aren't really board gaming people. So no, no. <laughs> well, okay, uh, I've got the June board game to play. 
So and um, <laughs> we're looking forward to playing that one with some friends over Christmas in between Christmas and New Year. Um, just got. Hang on a second. Uh, Arkham Horror Card Game. I picked that up in um, uh, from a sale. Uh, for, so I've been wanting to play that one because it's Lovecraft and it's by Fantasy Fight Games. So sold. And I've also got the Tribes board game to play. Um, oh, and, and apparently I sh- I might could well be possibly be getting a, an expansion for um, the Mansions of Madness. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing, playing some board games over Christmas and New Year. Yeah. And probably get a bit more D&D in with the family. Cool. That'll be good. I'm hoping everybody will be ready. We, we're, we've got... Maybe one more session of this year, maybe two, depending on sort of people's availability for our D and D game and stuff. And I want to hit you with a um, hit you with something exciting before twenty twenty one ends. Otherwise, this is going to be a uh, a sad start to twenty twenty two. So this is exciting. I hear quick buy lots and lots of healing potions. <laughs> I hit you with my axe. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, man, it's like there's stuff that is is getting to the cusp of what i want to happen i've wanted been wanting to happen for for ages from the very start of this um whole thing and i've just been like i just can't because i because you were such low levels i can't do it now because it's just not gonna make any sense whereas now you're higher up it's just like i could do this now i could do this and this is going to be good because the whole thing I want to make it ha- I want to have sort of like like the, the Battle of Silk side was like a sort of like a big moment I want to have these sort of interspersed big moments within it so it's like there's like these sort of mid-season finales going on so there's like things happening that are sort of like oh my god you know this is a big thing and uh, yeah so there's a couple of things and I'm just sort of toying with the idea because technically there's two things I want to happen and I'm not sure if both of them happening at the same time is going to be too much or not so I'm just sort of to- toying with the idea how it's going to it's gonna yeah. work. Matt, just wait until Draken gets to level eleven, <laughs> and then we've got Undying Fury, and we're all good to go. <laughs> uh, I'm just, it's just I've got like at the minute it's it, the because their story because each I'm, I'm trying with each of the storylines. I'm kind of I'm trying to get everybody something individual that they can kind of can work with, um, and uh, I think. It's going to be like Tharaval's moment is going to be one of the next one, and potentially uh, Val's. Um, though tech- there's another part with you know with Galandra as well, depending if Danny's going to be back or not. Um, with uh, so it's just like, and it's just like I don't want to sort of over over egg it because I think that be that can be quite I think that could be it could be potentially quite emotional and I don't want to sort of kind of suddenly just go aha and just sort of hit you with all this stuff and then it just be like you know loses effect so I'm I'm seeing how things are going to happen Tharaval going off on his own has been slightly advantageous because it means I can sort of progress that thing slightly uh, more vigorously but um yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying the fact that Draken got accused of being soft by another Dragonborn. That was very <laughs> interesting. And it's just, I just find it's actually, because it the character has evolved over the process of like of, of, of over a year or so. And the fact he has changed, he has become slightly more tolerant of others. 
yeah, than he I, was way back at the start. That's the one thing I'm liking about the character. That's one thing I'm loving about the D and D is it is the evolution <laughs> of characters. It's like you've got like like Danny and Galandra. She started off being very sort of like everything has to be done right and proper and nice, and she was getting upset when things weren't being done to being a bit more of a hard ass. Um, you know, Tharval, Callous, I think the phrase you're looking for is. Yeah, Tharval's <laughs> being a bit more, he's suddenly got a bit more, he's got a bit more of an edge to him now. Um, I think, you know, everybody's had their sort of like, um, I, I think the only characters sort of maybe stay quite level. Lance has stayed sort of quite sort of stoic and, you know, reasoned i'd say throughout and stuff i don't think you know you you i think there's been i know I'm, I'm, am i wrong do you think your your character sort of kind of had any major developments i think he's just had to step forward a lot more yeah as things are going on because everyone's pulling in so many different directions he's had to keep on stepping in and trying to be the voice of reason yeah yes leveling things out when the craziness mm. happens um, or slamming heads together in certain cases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's some exciting moments going to happen, I think. Uh, I'm just sort of getting to that point where it's like, oh, this is going to happen. This <laughs> is going to happen. I was walking, I was like, I was like, I remember walking down the street thinking stuff and I was like, this is going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and this is going to happen. And this was easily a year ago. And I remember sort of kind of, it was in the summer as well. I was just like, it's, I was like, well, I'm going to have to wait for ages before this sort of happens and stuff. And it's getting to that point where it's just like we're nearly at the tipping point where i can throw this in and i'm just like oh looking forward to it <laughs> um what we got here neil says i'm waiting for the uh the moonstone kickstarter being delivered hopefully sam will get over for a game he, he actually said to me um on saturday he was going to hopefully come and see you at some point neil um Mythos packs. I need to collect my AH uh, Arkham Horror LCG collect, uh, collect, collection on my Xmas yeah. list too. Just, yeah, just I've just got it. So I'm really looking forward to playing that game. Um, also picked up Ice Cool for Xmas Eve box. So we'll that play is a it. great game. What is Ice Cool? What is that? Ice Cool? is sort of a board game where you all play penguins and you have to kind of skate around this penguin school to get fish. But rather than kind of moving around your figures by hand, like on a set number, you kind of flick them around this little ball game. So it's very uh, tactile, but very, still a very tactical game. And this is like flicking them around, a bit like Air Flicks. Okay. So We're not going to talk about Air Flicks because I had, I, I'm really, Air Flicks is currently a uh, three and a half year long Kickstarter that I've been waiting on, <laughs> um, which me and Pete saw, my Pete and myself saw, um at ukge in 2018 thought that's we had a game of it we filmed it uh thought that's really good i yeah, went straight out game. and backed it on kickstarter three and a half years later still not turned up uh to the point where now obviously i i, I appreciate um kickstarters have delays I appreciate the guy he's doing. I think a guy called Rob uh, Dice Sports is the name of the company. He's had a few issues and stuff. I'm cool with shit happening, life happening and stuff. But what really winds me up is people not updating you and stuff. And then it's like, I got to the point where there was like, he said, it's going to happen in a week. Everything's going to be shipped out within a week. Um, You know, I was like, brilliant. Awesome. A month later, nothing to the point where I was like, right, I've had enough of this. So I just sent the message kind of going, look, I appreciate shit happens and things are going on, but, you know, everybody, you know, you can get, you can, people might get annoyed at you saying, you know, shit's gone on wrong again, but at least they'll know. Whereas if you tell everybody nothing, then everybody's going to be pissed off with you. 
So he said, or they said, at least said, they've got an update coming soon, very soon about it. So hopefully <laughs> I might finally get it. Because it's a, the, the, the upsetting thing about Kickstarters that get marred in delays is that some of them are really good. Like, you know, it took, you know, my lightsabers that took, again, that took about two and a half years to turn up. Um, there are fucking good quality lightsabers if they were amazing product. It just took so long for them to actually, because they underestimated how much work it would need to do. And I think the same thing's happened here. They've underestimated one, the popularity maybe, and two, how much it was going to, how much work it was going to be. And because of that, there's been so many delays and it just sort of takes the edge off this game that you've been looking forward to getting. And then it's going to be like, it's turned up, but it's like, right, I'm still kind of annoyed it's taken so long, but, you know, it is a good game. So we'll see what happens when it turns up. But I'm trying my best. This is going to be my my New Year's resolution for 2022 is I'm not going to go balls deep on every Kickstarter that I see coming up on my Facebook page and stuff because I've got a room upstairs now full of new Kickstarters, which I'm never going to play and I'm going to sell um, because just just no point. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be more selective um, with the stuff that comes in and stuff. So I'm going to have ones I know I will definitely play. And I've just decided that I'm not going to go for cooperative like rpgs and things like that because i've got a load of them and it's just like i like ones where i'm it's adversarial i like stuff where people are kind of semi competing against me even if it's a dungeon master just fucking with me now and again i'd like a person doing that i don't want to use um like number generators i don't want to use an app um and this is the thing this is the thing the new descent and the third edition of its descent that's come out from Fantasy Flight Games, one of the big issues people have had with that is it's all app-driven. So it's literally like playing a computer game with some miniatures and stuff. And it's just like, what's yeah. the... It doesn't seem... You know, some people like it. Some people like... I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoy the Manchester of Madness because that is very much app-driven. And I can see the similarities of a computer game. You're playing essentially against the app. Yeah. But... It's still very cooperatively driven. We are all kind of working together. And to an extent, because when you start to go insane, you then have your own little goals. So you kind of almost compete. You still want to succeed, but you also want to kind of your get your little goal as well. And that means essentially you've won the game. Um, so it is quite fun in that regard. Is it, are um, you, are you, it's a cooperative, but you have your own there's an individual goal for yeah. yourself. So there is, there's competitive. I understand stuff like that. So it's like, it's like, um, it's the other Arkham board game where it, it, it is, a, you play against the board game, but you're playing against each other as well. So I can kind yeah. of that, because there is that competitive side of things where you are, as much as you're working together, there's that underlying, yeah, but at some point I'm going to have to do it for myself. And I like that. I like that because you have to think about it. Whereas when it's just purely app driven, it's like, oh, I could just play a computer game. And this is a board game, and I don't know what, if I want that. What I do like, especially with the Mansions of Madness, is that it is essentially role-playing game as a board game. Because it's very character-driven. You're play, playing a different character. And it's, just, it's just essentially Call of Cthulhu, the board game, done remarkably well. Mm. Mm. So you everyone kind of, like, you know, if you've got a load of board game players, and, well, do you fancy playing a role-playing game? Oh, no, we don't want to play role-playing games. Well, shall I play Mansions of Madness then? 
Anthony goes, and they say, well, should I play the Call of Cthulhu now, pretty much? Because that is essentially the Call of Cthulhu board game. But, you know, really replicating the whole um, role-playing mechanics as a board game. I have to say, like, um, I've never I've never been a massive fan of the Lovecraftian-type thing. Um, but uh, Ben Fee, many years ago, you can actually see the stream on our YouTube channel and stuff, did a Call of Cthulhu um rpg with myself sam uh sean wallace um and i i I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was a completely different sort of thing um i instead of playing this sort of like i always play like a warrior um you know lawful good sort of warrior type i was this sort of older um like ex-army guy who was in it was old, so I, I didn't have this sort of kind of, you know, I wasn't sort of like super strong or anything. I was just like this old retired army guy who um, was a bit posh and uh, liked history and stuff. And, you know, we had these really random characters <laughs> with these random backgrounds who, you know, if you started understanding things too much, then you started going mad. And I love that mechanic where it's just like, you know too much. And when you start knowing too much, you go mad. I got to the point at the end of, you know, fighting the last, we're not fighting, trying to basically um, banish the, the thing at the end. Um, I went mad. Um, Sean's <laughs> character went mad. Um <laughs> The only reason that we won that game uh, or we beat it was because one, I think Sam's character, um, he he walked off, something happened or he, he kind of went mad or something happened and one of his traits was, you know, um, I don't give a fuck anymore and it was all about self-preservation and stuff. And he argued at the end, he says, well, if it's all about self-preservation and stuff, me letting this thing happen wouldn't be in my interest therefore i should still concentrate on the spell even if i don't give a shit about these people around me i should still do that and he agreed and it was only because of that last thing i'd gone i was out i, I couldn't do anything uh you know it, it was going to be a you know complete kill all of us were going to be gone but he managed to argue around ben to say well that's what i would do and he's like all right fair dues and he let him do it and you know it was it was great it was it was a really good sort of yeah well that that is classic call of cthulhu and lovecraft where basically your you know fighting abilities you know far less important than running away yeah yeah, yeah. Or no, no, no one cares about no handgun skill. People care about his library. Oh, stuttering out there, Pete. Mm. Sorry, what did you say there, Pete? You you stuttered out. We didn't hear you. Something about library. So no, no, um, yeah, combat ability is, is is of no importance in Call of Cthulhu. What matters is your library ability and run. Yeah, but even then, it's like you 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 don't want to learn anything and stuff. It's like it's like in yeah. my mind, I was like rolling all these good dice, and they're like, oh, you you, you don't want to roll those. And it's like because you're as soon as you start understanding things, you're you're you get sort of like tokens to make you know, yeah. oh, your 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 madness increases, and you're just like, oh no, okay. <laughs> and it's just like right, okay, right, this is the way it is. Yeah, you always want a really, really, really high sanity in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, <laughs> a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got to think about talking about games. I've got to sort of think about what I'm going to bring back um, for me and my brother to play and stuff. So I'm going to bring back the Song of Ice and Fire tabletop game, which is awesome, by the way. If anybody's not played it, 
easily one of the best sort of like tabletop games out there. The only issue uh, it has is it's not very... uh, It's supported because it's got its own app and they do updates and things like that. Because it's cool minis or not, they've got other board games and things. They don't... I don't think they focus on it as much as sort of uh, maybe Warhammer would focus on Warhammer and stuff like that. So there's a few balance issues which are annoying me. Like every week I play Sam at it and he beats me every week with the same faction and it's like they're broken they're so broken if you're if you if you the gray joys the songwriter they're just really super broken at this moment in time and it's so hard to beat them and it's just like the only last week where i just about sort of i didn't win but i got as close to winning as i've ever been and it was simply because i had to sort of tailor my list to sort of kind of deal with the their brokenness and he didn't use the thing that he always uses like there's a thing where it brings back uh a, a dead unit every every time you know when it dies and that's just pretty hard to deal with but it's a good game really good game so I might br- i'll bring that back with me um bring back i'm going to bring back uh the um resistance which is for those who don't know is like a um it's like a I've social kind of, game yeah it's like a social game yeah it's kind social of like mafia game. or um a werewolf um and you you've got to sort of like figure out who the spies are that's really good um like with a load of people especially if they've had a few drinks and uh <laughs> so i'm gonna bring that back with me and um uh, i'm gonna bring back potentially company of heroes board game i got from uh kickstarter recently and stuff because me and my bro quite like that so bring that and obviously axis and allies because it's a staple game to play <laughs> at christmas at my house is to play axis and allies and stuff so lots of games to be played over the next week and stuff for me i think so <laughs> looking forward to that pure board games for matt it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be good um okay uh we've been going for uh nearly an hour and a half now um before we leave um is there anything um that you is there any uh new year's resolutions or anything that you've got planned for 2022 okay um fingers crossed no omicron and everything permitting i will um i will be going to world's comic con uh in april start of april and i'm going to put into interview bruce campbell <gasps> really cool bruce campbell is coming to world's comic con now the onus is put on the journalist to set up their own interview so i'm going well i've Managed to find some contact details, so fingers crossed, everything crossed. I'm going to try and interview um, Bruce Campbell. Groovy, groovy. <laughs> and then um, at the end of April is going to be the Sci-Fi Weekender <laughs> um, in Great Yarmouth. And now, now the, it was supposed to go ahead in November. COVID, everything meant no. We said. We just couldn't run. They just couldn't run it. So basically, it's been putting it back, putting it back until this April. So fingers crossed, we get to go ahead. Great Yarmouth is it's a fair track. Like it's five hours. You're easily from where I am and stuff. Manchester. It's about two hours for me, so it's not yeah. too bad. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I've got. I'm not planning anything physical. I'm going to try and. I've had a bit of a rough year of doing all sorts of things. So I'm going to try and get back on to my writing and stuff like that. 
and just get my head together a bit and see if I can actually finish something and try and put it up on Kindle this year. I think. What's uh, what's the aim? So have you got anything on in the in the pipeline at the minute? I've got two or three sort of kick, two things from Nano and other stuff that I kind of got half two thirds of the way through. So I'm going to be doing some um, weeding through over sort of January February time and figuring out what I want to focus on. Then set myself some deadlines to try and disentangle some crap and make it work, make it work and finish. <laughs> See, that's it, though. I, I, I've i always told I'd love to do something like that. I just don't have the. I don't think I've got the sticking power for it. Um, it does take a lot of sort of willpower and, and discipline to sort of write. Um, so uh, I, I don't envy you. <laughs> uh, I just figure I've been telling myself I should and I'm going to for so long, it's time to do it. Yeah, why not? And it's great that, like, you know, in Amazon, you can, you can self-publish now and stuff. Yeah. You, can, you know, that's really... That's great, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, when you do, let us know. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be using a couple of USB to readers. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> cool beans. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Um, but, but you won't be spell checking. I will not be spell checking. <laughs> oh, no. No. That's, that's, <laughs> get the dyslexic to, to spell check for you is, uh, is a bad idea. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> um, but, 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 Oh, I'm not even going to go on to that one and stuff. I was talking about spell checking, but then I was like, uh, I was going to mention the article I wrote about um, Henry Cavill and uh, the oh, Graham no. Norton thing. No, but, uh, don't do it. <laughs> that was another, I'd say, another sort of, uh, that's another worm, uh, can of worms. Yeah. I think we'll leave that for go there. Another, go there. another time and stuff like that. I might get called a snowflake again, but uh, yeah. Keep your foot off the third rail, dude. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it there then for uh, for night for now. Uh, it's been quite a uh, quite a vigorous uh, chat about numerous things. It's been very good. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been watching and for all the comments from uh, Mr. Wilson and Mr. Jackson. Uh, much appreciated, chaps. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, this is going to be our last podcast for 2022 for 2021. Sorry, um, maybe for 2022 as well. Time what's going to happen? <laughs> Um, but thank you very much, everybody. Really appreciate it. Have yourselves an amazing Christmas. Have yourselves an amazing New Year. I hope you play many games, watch some awesome stuff on TV, spend some great time with your family, um, and just have a really amazing uh, remainder of 2021. And um, we will catch you all in 2022. So for tonight, I've been Matt Geary. Uh, with me has been Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. I'm Mark Sorry, 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 Pete. I caught you off there. What did you say? Let's uh, look after each other. Yeah, and Mark Cunty. Uh, good evening, everybody. Hope that's for coming along, and see you on the flip side. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy, Happy New Christmas. Year. Take care. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye.